Who's got the scene? Massey and Crutchfield. Okay, this is episode 12, the culminating episode of season 3 of The Wire on HBO. Your commentary today is uh, myself, David Simon, and fellow producer Karen Thorson. Oh, look, we're, at, we're right back at the crime scene for Stringer Bell. Karen, we killed Stringer Bell. Can you believe it? I knew he was going to die because Idris told me his contract was up. <laughs> so, and we couldn't afford him after that. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, we, we, we knew we were going to kill him, I guess, from uh, season one. Um, we, uh, once we had decided that we were going to conclude the Barksdale story after three, uh, we, we knew it. But, of course, we didn't tell him until the night before the script was published. It's our way. Was he upset when you, when you talked to him? Well, it was just um, it, it, that he knew before I did, I thought, was a little surprising. <laughs> You know, that he's had it all figured out. Um, but I didn't talk to him after he'd read the script. But it's probably better that you tell him the night before because I think you get kind of more of a visceral, unprepared reaction, which is sort of the way it is with death, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes. Right. If you tell an actor that he's going to die at the end of the season, um, you, you, you have the threat of him telescoping his performance. Even a professional can do that. You know? He knows what the end is. So we, we've been pretty ruthless about telling actors only before the scripts are published. But uh, if he figured it out before the script is published, it's pretty impressive. I remember I had to call him, and I felt terrible. He's a wonderful actor and, and, and a real asset to the show. The crime lab technician, the one with the camera, is played by John Elster, a fan of the show from uh, Minneapolis, I believe. He... Uh, he gave an awful lot of money, wonderfully, to a charity, the Ella Thompson Fund, which uh, funds rec centers in West Baltimore in the areas where we film, in the areas what, that we're filming about, uh, in order to get the speaking role on the, on the wire. He did beautifully. This was a really tremendous uh, location and, and set for the... Right on Howard Street. For the killings and also the aftermath. I just love the way this was... The pan up, yeah. Set up. You'll find in this storytelling, in the visual storytelling, that we're, it's holding very tightly. We'll jump, we jump in a lot at, at, into close-ups. Um, and the people that get the pushes in are the ones that have kind of learned a lesson <laughs> I've, I've found right. in this episode. So, or disappointed or been slapped on the wrist in some f form. Yeah, I've, always, I've always loved the way... Uh, Dom West internalizes. He's, you know, you can see, you can read on his face what's landing. I thought the scene was beautifully blocked. Beautifully blocked, and I love it because it's spare and and for a moment you feel like it's a stage, but in a good way. To kind of be comprehensive in 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 utilizing all kinds of storytelling, it's just it's a, it's a nice moment. One of the things that, you know, we got such visceral reaction to killing Stringer that uh, there was that, in that week, there was all kinds of email on the boards and everything about, uh, you know, maybe he was wearing a vest, maybe he was this, maybe he was that, maybe he's going to get up and walk away. And all I'm thinking about is that teaser, you know, just wait a week. He'll be very dead. But again, the, the reason to, to, to kill a character is not to 
not to do away with the character. The, the, the primary reason is story. I mean, it's the, the characters. Everything is there to serve the overall story. And, and no matter how popular a character is with viewers, I mean, that really doesn't have any effect on how you have to do business if you if you're honest with the story. Also, it's better to leave at the pinnacle, don't you think? Yeah, I, you know, always leave them wanting more. Yeah. I watched episode 11, which precedes this, which is where, obviously, he's murdered. And I think I saw his hand move. Oh, don't tell me that. We'll have to go back and check. Don't, don't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a blinking dead man or a you know, breathing dead man. That body more Murderland graffiti in the credits last year was genuine. That was not our art department. That was acquired, I believe, from the neighborhood. So was that? Yeah. That the memorial. memorial. Yeah. It's interesting how the credits hold up by still by the the last episode. You make them so early on in the season. Right, right. The quote, the epigram, we fight on the lie from uh, Slim Charles, I think finally made clear what may have eluded a lot of viewers, which is that uh, buried within the story of the Barksdale family and, and their um, their uh, war with Marlowe and the uh, drug war itself was a parable for what was going on in Iraq. Uh, so the idea of we fight on the lie was really us tipping our hand at the end and saying, get it. <laughs> this really was about a, a misadventure on the part of the Barksdale. And this would be George Bush. Shut that fucking door. I wonder if our president is, is a, as contemplative. But again, it's somebody who, who contemplated a, um, a military enterprise without thinking it all the way through. Somehow unable to visualize the other argument. Right. Shit is on. While losing his own people in the process. Yeah. But here it comes. Here it comes. It was it was remarkable to me how how few people got it. I kept having to tip the hand further and further, but I thought it was an apparent we we had created a microcosm in this Baltimore drug war where you could examine the tendency towards violence, the tendency towards organized violence. Well, also with the destruction of the projects in the beginning as sort of a parallel to the world, nine one one, the aftermath of the war. Right. Our first imagery was very much associative of uh, of nine one one and of the, uh, the the rationale for the war to come. It's very easy to get into a war. It's very easy to declare war. Uh, the idea of using a war footing to describe a domestic policy. Once you declare a war, then you have an enemy. Once you have an enemy, you're pretty much capable of doing anything. And I think uh, the nature of where the drug war has gone, the numbers incarcerated, uh, what's been done to the inner city, I think, you know, what began as a legitimate war against uh, dangerous narcotics has ultimately become a war against our own underclass. Fight. 
Stringer Bell has died, as we know, and, and they're about to put him into the, the body bag. During shooting, it was a very tense moment, I imagine, on set, because it's, you know, the, the ultimate moment for the character being, being carted away. Idris took the moment to play up and, as they were zipping up the bag, jump out and give a big look and frightened the pants off of everyone on the set, and it's a brilliant piece of uh, footage that, of course, played nicely in our gag reel at the end of the season. It was the highlight of the gag reel. When he popped out of it, it broke the tension because he had to come back. This was his only scene. He was dead for his only scene in the final episode, so he had to come back, which was kind of painful after the shooting, and just play play a dead man uh, for one scene. It was very tense on set, and very there was an unhappiness to it because he was beloved by cast and crew, and he was you know a part of the show from jump. He really rose to the comic occasion. But no matter what, Colvin's little experiment is finished. Here's Carcetti. Trying on, to figure Tom. out what to do with the right. information to his best advantage. He's basically right. shedding a certain amount of personal guilt because he knows he's going to betray Colvin in the experiment, even though he sees some merit in it, certainly more merit in it than no one can, business as usual. And yet, how can you find it to be politically palatable in any sense and still have a career? Reduction. Sounds good. Hmm? Stephen, what are we trying to call it a rose by any other name here? I think the I love uh, Parker. He really oh yeah, the, his chief of staff. Yeah, he really lets you. Cleo Pisano did a wonderful job. If you can't laugh at it, you can let him laugh at it for you. No major traffickers were allowed in the free zone. That all major. I've had just about enough. That the major violators were still being targeted, huh? Well, are, are you suggesting some kind of admissions criteria for the zones? How would that work? I don't know. Was there any kind of, um, of press or comment, on, you know, commentary about the Hamster no, experiment? It went right by anybody commenting seriously on it. You would have thought somebody on an op-ed might have. I think I think this country is too entrenched the in the failed the policy of the drug war to ever seriously contemplate. Which an honest turn. Um, no too many people are vested in the Where's failure. And so, no, uh, it, it created remarkably little commentary except among viewers. If you saw it, then you saw it and you talked about it. But, uh, you know, what happens inside the Beltway is what happens inside the Beltway. I'm there. We're about to see something we never get to see in The Wire. A nice apartment. <laughs> <laughs> it was a nice apartment. This little feng shui thing, right? Water coming down the wall. Yeah, it was perfect. The samurai swords. The details were all very good. This is stringed? Yeah. This would stun a couple of Baltimore cops. It really would. Go over here. The hardback books. Adam Smith's The Wealth of Nations. You know, one of the arguments of The Wire, um, season in, season out, is that pure capitalism um, is not a social policy. It, isn't, it can't substitute for a social policy. Buy something for a nickel, sell it for a dime is not a social policy. And, and the idea of pursuing it as 
is what's best for the for the most is 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 a fool's errand. What's done is done. And Brother Muzon's second here is the real DeAndre McCullough, who fans of the corner. Gay ass gangsters. We'll recognize it's it's good to have DeAndre still with us and uh, still in there kicking. Neither he nor I would have been comfortable saying that he was going to make 25, 26 years back when uh, back when I was following around and he was 15. It's been a hard 10 years, but I'm glad he's still here. Let's go. He's doing well. Yeah, yeah, he's doing well. Um, that's all right. I'm on him. And his mother's on him. The last little bit of it the being uh, your town, nod to the western here. I trust you to do it proper. Yeah. Yeah, if you didn't know it, uh, George Pelicanus and I took the same uh, American Western film course at the University of Maryland. Every day we, point, we only learned a little bit, but we've been trying to use it as, as much as we can. Bosses went crazy, huh? This is Mount Vernon uh, Park in, in Midtown Baltimore. Look how pretty it is. There's a wartime layup for your man Box. The mayor paid me to say that. Tell me the <laughs> I'm going to put something about it on the DVD. It is pretty, though. That's where the Maryland, club, Maryland Club's near there, the Engineers Club. Uh, when... In 1861, when uh, all the other states were seceding, Lincoln put the guns on Federal Hill and pointed them right towards that park. Arrested the legislature, kept Maryland in the Union. Which one is Ali? In the white trunks, boy. That one cost us, didn't it, Karen? Yeah, but it was worth it. Yeah. It was worth it. He saw even if, if it's just to show how younger generations don't know what the hell you're talking about when you refer, invoke things like Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Fundamentals. And those kids are very real. DMV shit, college papers, real estate stuff. There's no phone extension in the place. Just these cell phone chips. About a hundred of them. That's why I wasn't taking any phones from my man, Banana. String around his own phone. He just changed the number every time he changed the chip. Shamrock, too, probably, with whatever phone he used to call Bell. Cautious man. Yes and no. This is our longest episode. Uh, really? And it's 63 minutes. Thank you. Well, certainly of the year. Were we, uh, were we longer first season? I don't know. Episode? I'd have to double check on that. It, it, it's probably parallel to that. Yeah, we tend to run over on the last episodes because there's nowhere, you know, nowhere else to go. You can't save it for the next one. And you've got to finish the story. We try not to. We know you've got to set your TiVo sometimes. And you get angry at us. Where's Daniels? He's got this thing downtown. It's for his wife. What's interesting is that you know, the big connection between the, the Barksdales and the Hamsterdam was never really made, except by the viewer. Because the neighborhoods and the residents in this district are among the poorest in our city. The information's there, but they, nobody ever can make that final achievement. Right. Time has come for a change. 
That little piece of paper floats around through this entire episode. <laughs> There's a... Uh, and they get there a little bit late. It's kind of cool. Wire has this Chekhovian thing of, of missed opportunities or things that glance against each other but never quite connect. His real life is that way. I mean, you never have these... You, you really have to earn those moments of, of pure contradiction or pure confrontation. Real life isn't like that. If it wasn't Joe alone. You know, Yvonne's going to put it on you, right? This is a DP's delight, this set. They love it. (laughs) Everything shines. Everything shines. It looks great at night. You can accent it with different colors. Yeah. Oh, and here's Amsterdam at the end. I heard Colvin's in deep shit downtown. Yeah, the the idea of this um, was actually taken up by a couple of police chiefs. Anything comes up, I'm on the radio. A couple places in America after the wire aired. One town down in Florida had a profound drug problem where they basically set up in Amsterdam and tried to minimize the harm that the drug trade was doing and tried to use their police officers to concentrate on, on more fundamental arrests, you know, violent crime and E&Es and such. Uh, I don't know whether it worked or not. I just know that what is being attempted in Baltimore isn't working. And this is sex. Yeah, we get two sex scenes in this episode. Okay. Why don't we have more sex? I haven't thought about that. (laughs) It always seems fine when we do it, and then we don't do it for a lot of episodes. What's wrong with us? And then when it happens, you go, oh, yeah, you haven't had it for a while. Maybe there's a parallel in real life. I don't know. Uh, All right, I'm not going to give away the whole parable here. I'm not going to give away all the symbolism. But I'll be amazed when I see any kind of thread from any critic or any kind of thread on on the Internet or anything about the train tracks and the train. 12 gauge pumpkin balls. Going back to the first episode, the pilot episode, last time we've been playing a metaphor, the, the track and the train, and these detectives, and nobody picks up on mess. it. No, if I I'm not saying any more. No you know, there'll be a quiz the next year. We'll give the answers on next year's DVD. Well, it'll what, be the Acela and it'll be derailed? Is that the next... Is the train moving? Is it not moving? Is it coming for you now? This city's going to hell, man. Symbolism is lost in the modern age. It really is. Push past 300 murders before New Year's. If it's in a book, if it's literary, people sometimes know to look for it. Yeah, the, the it's incredible that in something which is filmic, which is really ripe for symbolism. And maybe it's just TV. I mean, people look for it in film. They just don't respect TV. That's part of the problem. Cell phone, money, weapon. Well, also, I think with something like The Wire, it's so dense that the second level of information they may not have time to get until they... This is pretty strong symbolism, but some of the the, the more subtle things, you really have to watch it more than once. And, you know, when I do my job, I look at each episode about 15 times um, professionally for for various reasons of the stage of the process. Mm -hmm. And the season goes away, and it comes back, and I 
go, oh my God, I don't, I, I look at it again and it's, oh, there's something always new and it's fresh. I don't remember everything. Right. And it's interesting. And there's a lot of films I've worked on that can't, can't, I can't say that about. Yeah, the I think that's met. true. I think the, the idea of the second time viewing is a show that really suits DVDs. And there were people there because after you've mastered the plot, which is your first time through, so you, maybe you start looking for filmic stuff. Six out of ten black officers think I'm just an right. asshole racist. You know what I noticed is the cops, when they're at the bench, it's shot from behind, and when it's the drug dealers, they're shot from the front. It's an administrative charge. On the bench scenes. You can fight it in the park. That's interesting. Failure to properly. I don't think it was planned, but it just seems to have happened that way. Well, uh, you know what? what A lot of the drug dealers' benches have been in East Baltimore, where like. Prop Joe, for example, where, where he's, that's his home base. So we shoot it over at Collington Square or Patterson Park, and the city skyline is behind the bench. So that's literally the geography. I think the DP is always trying to catch the skyline. There's a really great, one of my favorite cuts that's about to happen right here, this is where you go from the bench yeah. to that. And you, we moved uh, well, uh, scenes around to make that work. One of the boxing scenes, I think, transfer. went there. I'm, I can't remember. Well, but that's good, but it puts him on the right, legitimate we, side of things. Because now I think, but doesn't Freeman come in? Yeah, and Freeman yeah. comes in. So it's just, you know, those are things that the viewer doesn't know, but the process when you, you know, have the script and then you get the footage and um, reordering and all that kind of thing. Uh, helps to enhance the, the story in ways you, you, you didn't envision when you began. Right. Now, these, these detectives are actually proceeding towards an arrest that, that they've been waiting for for three years. And yet, it is not a, the procession is not one of car chases or gunfights. It is really an intellectual pursuit locations, phone numbers, you're with Bill. Uh, no, drug information. Might have to come down and not oversee the day to day, and maybe that puts him in contact with some of our monitored cell phones. If he's as cautious. The intellectualized as aspect of the pursuit denies you certain things that are television Safe standards. Best shot. All right. In we some respects, that's liberating because I've seen every car chase I need to see, and I've seen every gunfight I need to see. But I've never seen a bunch of cops try to get up on the right phone. Thanks for the couple last night. Yes, uh, Daniel said they spend something like, what is it, 900 or $700 a call? Right. But yet, this episode has action. Well, we will, yeah, they will, uh, they'll get there. Oh, here comes the media. They ruin everything. When I was a reporter, I was—I wasn't like this. I was, I was deeply pensive and thoughtful, and didn't react to the slightest provocation. You're already there. You weren't—you uh, don't arrive in the big van with the logo. No, I was the William Buckley of police reporters, brooding. And <laughs> Fully intellectualized, utterly non-reactive. Right. That was Fox Trot. And this is the hangnail you can't get rid of. What? Burrell. Oh. Oh, you mean the character? Yeah. The character. Yeah. Frankie, we love. 
Yes. No, but Burrell, um, Burrell is uh, going forward into season four. He is a survivor. And media. There you go. This was sort of a cre- an interesting creative solution that Tom came up with, putting in the riffing off of uh, an extra who is a still photographer and right. making little black and white stills in there. Absolutely, and, t- and transforming it into into coverage rather than um, media coverage rather than. You know, a lot of little nice pieces in this. And the politician's posture. Portions of the police district to the drug trade, and the council was not informed. Fuck me. And we were very careful not to make Amsterdam some glorious liberal, easy solution. We wanted to make it as ugly as such a place might be. But at the same time, the rest of the district did become livable. And that trade off is an honest one, and it's one that ought to be considered, but of course never can be. Mr. Mayor, Commissioner Burrell is here. Running for office in America, you have to be tough on crime and tough on drugs. The inhabitants of what has come to be known as Hamsterdam had little to say for the camera. But Channel 5 has learned that the police... There he is, getting the push in. He just learned something. A couple of people in and out, no sign of Barksdale, though. Okay. Now... Cops spend a lot of time in cars, though, don't they? Our friend Carcetti yeah, is going to run too. wild with this. The good ones, though. And from the sound of things, we're crawling up into vacants. Tony Gray thinks he's going to get a blanket and going up on a tar roof and watching from there. We're throwing you out of the boat, Irvin. The bad ones just ride around and grab people off the corners. Not necessarily. Not if I talk about how we were under pressure. We're all making his move. To juke the stats district by district. Frankie. said that. About how Coven, under pressure, lost his way. Frankie always has an out card, doesn't he? It's just amazing. Weeks ago to tell you what he had done and to assure you that we were on top of the situation. He's learned a lot from people who've come before. (laughs) Internalized wisdom of the eighth floor. Um, I mean, one of the themes, I guess people are aware of it by now after three seasons, is you stand up on your hind legs in the wire and you try to tell the truth. Uh, they chop your head off. But if you avoid standing up at the right moment, if you um, avoid the truth like a plague, I leave you'll go far, right now, you'll go far in America and on our television show. I put what I can on crazy yeah, it's sort of, they tell you that in the Army. <laughs> don't be in the front, don't be in the back. Right, stay in the middle. I'm the wall between them and you. In which case, Parker can't believe it. This guy's going to escape. <laughs> Unit one, Love this. Real city hall. With the two guys playing uh, walkie-talkie together. Yeah. Unit two to sector three. Move on to Winchester homes. Unit two to sector two. And then we gave a nod to Apocalypse Now here. Very overt nod. Over the top, gentlemen. And also to the metaphor of war again. 
This thing really is an allegory for, um, for what the drug war has become in America, which is shameful. And if it was happening to white people, it would have been over 10, 15, 20 years ago. But it's just us kicking the shit out of the underclass, so it'll go on forever. And, it, you know, I think the end, of, when you get, when we get to the end, you see there's, there's, somebody crawls up out of the rubble no matter what. You can never, you can never. Absolutely. Now it's just going to go back to the rest of the district, back to the rest of the neighborhoods. There's production value. There's a real helicopter shot. It's nice, though, to mix the, you know, have an opportunity to mix the media, the video, the film. Yep. Um, you don't want to do it all the time. It becomes tr- too much of a trick, but here it's meaningful. and yeah, This stuff looks really good. Yeah. I believe that there's violence going on here. Even though yeah. it's... And there's sort of a hilarious betrayal of you know, Bunny Colvin told them, you go down here, nobody will bother you, as long as you don't wreck the rest of my neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And uh, that only lasted for so long. That line was right out of... That was the Robert... I think that was a Robert Duval line in Charlie's Point. You know, that's such a brilliant sequence in Apocalypse Now. At the end, Duval says, you know, someday this war is going to be over. He doesn't say we're going to win it. He just says someday this war will be over. And he says it with almost a sense of regret. Now, this is interesting where Snoop decides to tell a lie just to have a good story to tell and to also probably be part of the pageantry or the, the great history that's going to be written about the Barksdales. And, and to pump, you know, pump herself and, and Chris and Marlowe up. It's, it's a much better, it's much better for them if they took him out. Boss, you okay? What you want? Slim said I don't think Avon stands up once in this episode. I'm just saying, you know, all Very the boys, defeated. He, yeah, he's... On you. Go ahead, man. I thought Wood played it beautifully man. as somebody who realized belatedly that Stringer had a point. You know, this is... We played them as the heart and mind together. You know, without... Without Avon's heart, Stringer would not have been what he was. Without Stringer's mind, Avon would not have been... So they're now broken. They're now broken apart. You know the classic tragic heroes where they have the huge blind spot, where they yes. just cannot see. Right. Well, the, the literary parable, or the literary antecedent, I should say, for the, for the Wire is not Shakespearean or Chekhovian or, or, or any of the other dramatists. It's, it's the Greek tragedies. That's what we're stealing from. And we're stealing big. Pretty determined to steal big. Any trauma? 
can't tell for sure with all the rap lights. Take me to CME in a jail wagon. I don't want the fucking reporters seeing any ambos. Yeah, there's another good actor. Shit. Well, he took Johnny a long way, didn't he? Mm-hmm. It's Euripides and Sophocles. He just landed. People who are faded. Got it. People who are. That makes how many? You know, in Greek tragedy, it's the gods throwing the lightning bolts. Including Barksdale, Wire, the postmodern institutions. Everybody has to serve some institution that, that in turn, brutalizes them. 2301 to KGA. We need QRT to meet us at our 24 search and seizure. Location has multiple suspects and may contain automatic weapons. Robert Wisdom, um, we had our eye on this actor uh, for a long time, going back to the corner when we read him for the part of Blue, actually, in the corner, he he read beautiful. The chief academic officer of a major research university. Glenn Plummer did a wonderful job with the role as well, but um, we remembered Robert from the read, and we actually uh, placed him in season two of The Wire in a scene. Yeah, Colvin out at a crime scene as the Western commander because we, we knew back in season two what we wanted him to do in season three. One of the benefits of, of sort of thinking in terms of the total arc of the show rather than just season by season. I'm up. Yeah, I mean, the way um, I, I, I'm seeing the very early beginnings of where we are now in season four already seeded through and I don't want to tell you what they are because I'm, we want you to watch season four <laughs> on HBO on Sunday nights I love I love Herc yeah I can watch I can watch Dom's performance all day by tomorrow the story goes national in Washington but he's sort of an, again one of those Greek characters who Somehow seems to have all the information. He doesn't realize it. Yes. He's been telling them that Barks, that Avon's out of jail. Nobody believes Nobody him. believes him. I can't believe he wants us to knock. Well, you can't flush guns now, can you? Well, fuck that. What about he does up on us? Fail. These guys are a war another crew. He's one of the we few that fails downward, actually. We will get lit up. We're not. Yeah, he's, he doesn't have the good grace and luck of, say, Carver. Hand grenades were a nice touch, I thought. You don't see a lot of hand grenades being used in, in urban violence, but, you know, it's always good to have a few handy. You notice they did get off the soldiers. Right. There he stands up. Back Again, uh, every half-assed gangster movie would go out in a blaze of Scarface-like glory at the end. Um, we just wanted to understand. Y'all ask me, ugly-ass The idea of, uh, of, it, of it being more of a chess game, you know? There's no point in sh- Once the cops are at your door, there's no point in shooting. 
open the door, take the charge. Don't make it worse. And there, that's why he's smiling. Yeah, because, you know, end game. I gotta eat this charge. Might as well eat it like a man. Also, I think it's that the um, every drug dealer's eventuality is that they're either gonna go to jail or get, get killed. Maybe he sort of knows this day was going to come. That didn't know when and didn't know how. Yeah, I think you live it psychologically uh, even before it happens. Oh, that's mine. You got a law degree? Oh, hand grenade. No reason to get offended. Fall on the parole violation. No matter whatever else happens, you do every day of what's left of your seven without seeing a jury. Maybe even conspiracy to murder. We take this federal, see if we can't get you ten to life. No parole. Whatever. Oh, shit. You only do two days no how. He's, he's ready with the two days line. The only thing that hurts is what McNulty's going to pull on him. Because he really did love Stringer, and Stringer did love him. You read it slow. But business was business. In between them two days, give you something to think on. Ouch. That was an Ed Burns moment. He had that one in his head for a long time. He was arguing for that scene from, uh, from back before we started shooting. It is good. And Marlowe will live. Dang. Miss Thou Shot. And some Charles makes it into the next season as well. He has to because I have to hear that voice more. Shitting on every last supervisor in your district. From shift commanders down to sector sergeants, not one of them will have any rank at all. If we hear so much as a bark out of you. Look, my people saw this as a tactical deployment only. The responsibility is mine alone. I like Burrell and Rawls as a sort of unlikely pair. Right. Exactly as we want. And you see him pairing up here in this episode especially. Right. It's, it's, and drop it is an interrogation right here and they're breaking That's again. That's right. You're busted back. We can't take your EOD away. But you're not going out on a major's pay. Retire with my 30 right now before you bust. John does, does deliver the heat. Fuck your vacation. More powerful than anyone I know. I would not want to have... John Doman mad at me. Although he's a nice guy, actually. But I don't, I don't want any character he ever played to be mad at me. <laughs> That's probably the way to put it. Yeah. Now here's a really cool thing. Uh, Banga, the actor who plays uh, Chris Bartlow right here, Banga and I went to the same elementary school. Unbelievable. Yes, we did. We both had Mr. Conti for PE. He's much younger than me, Banga, but... Mr. Conti really had a, quite the career at Rock Creek Forest Elementary. I could go on for hours, but I won't. $200 million of federal money in your operating budget, another 75 in capital expenditures, plus untold millions in pass-through federal dollars from Annapolis. Nice little portrait of suits. Isn't it? And this guy, uh, this guy is just nailing the idea of the... I drove 35 miles from Washington to lay this speech at your desk. You son of a bitch. Do you really think you were going to legalize drugs in any way, shape, or form? Washington should know. That what happened in West Baltimore in no way reflects the policies of my administration. That was an aberration, Mr. Talmadge. You know, the backstory here is Kurt Schmoke, who played the health commissioner in earlier scenes... Uh, and who was uh, in real life, Kurt Schmoke had the great moment of political insanity and, and personal honesty when he 
questioned the fundamentals of the drug war. And this was of somebody who was the state's attorney and a, a veteran prosecutor and an assistant U.S. attorney. But he looked at the net cost for the city and what they were achieving, and he said there's got to be a better way to approach this thing, a more therapeutic way, a way in which we can minimize the damage and at the same time uh, try to get people off drugs. They crucified him. That's part of Baltimore's actual political history. But isn't that also part of politics, that if you do have some kind of standout Right idea, now, you pretty much raked over the coals. Now is not the time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think much now. of America now is governed by right now, I need a frightened consensus. Everybody's looking to the next job and looking to get promoted. McNulty gave a speech yeah. in season yeah. one that it really speaks to all this. He comes out of... Uh, Maury Levy's office with Perlman. And he realizes that Perlman is afraid to confront Maury Levy because Maury Levy is uh, very big in the local bar association. And he he basically says, I get, you know, everyone's going to get promoted and the shit will still go on. And that's the nature of politics, you know. Do they ever solve a problem or do they just pass it on to the next sucker? to any contradiction or argument whatsoever, Major Colvin? No, sir. No argument at all, Bunny? Not much you can say, is there? Not the real police. Get on with it, motherfuckers. But, me, you know, Major. the idea of people getting put in front of the tribunal. Like yeah. here. That was that get on with it, motherfucker. For those of you who Major didn't Corbin's notice, that was the same the line that Stringer gave before they executed him. And, and this the is an execution. That was very purposeful by the writers. This is the real Jay Landsman as Lieutenant Mello. He is named for the former... Western District Commander, Major Mello, who uh, Ed Burns came up under in the early 70s. It's a tribute to Ed Burns' first commander. Hey, Bob. Hey. Is that Crutchfield? Nah, Norris. Sleeping on a stakeout. Detectives in the real homicide unit, they actually used to cut people's ties off when they fell asleep. Yeah. They got me once. We heard on the wire. McNulty's over there in number one with Pearl. <laughs> this is one of my favorite moments. Uh, it's very subtle. You've got to be the stupidest motherfucker that I've ever gone out with. I can't wait to go to jail. <laughs> I love Bernard, and I love Squeak. In the blue script, it was out. You, was there was it a time thing? Because it's such a great little we did that piece on, of color. We saw that when we were when we were spotting it. Yeah, we didn't have it in the script, but we saw the moment. We had them do it live on set. Hey, Donald. And then we spotted the additional lines after the camera moves past them. You heard the tape. Look, he came to me and said we could sell drugs. We moved down to Vincent Street, and that's where I moved my crew. And you know I did because you the one that popped me with a G pack on my way to the spot and let me go. Remember? You were selling drugs in Major Colvin's free zone? You can prove that. Ask him, he know. Another survivor. And this, this was yeah. one of them contracted just things. Think. You mean entrapment? You know, and you, your heart warms to him, but then you think back what, you know, he's got a ruthless side too. Oh, yeah, well he's done what he's had to do. Yeah. But he's been a good soldier. He's done ah. what they told him. 19 in bracelets. And of course, you know, another eight wanted on warrants. Postmodern America doing what they tell you. Your case to this uh, will serve you for so long. Make it like what he was doing led to your thing. I don't see it. Well, 
It's good work nonetheless, Major Daniels. Call came in from the mayor's office half hour ago, approving your promotion. And now with Colvin, there's a new vacancy. What about my wife? What about her? The mayor, you net a seat. Yeah, the reasons you the do get promoted, the reasons you don't. But it's always, it seems to be a surprise to everyone. Not everything is politics. Hey, I'll take two. Western alumni. Uh, you got it. Major. I don't know. I heard. How's your family take it? It's a very funny line coming up I stole from Richard Price. Yeah. The leader done dropped himself 30 pounds and got himself a real estate license, so I guess you're fixing to leave me. <laughs> <laughs> that was originally in, in script two. <laughs> Got cut for some reason, and I, I remembered it and stole it back. I just wanted you to know that last tip you gave me it was a winner. Yeah, her. It's good work. And this is something that the long form can do that a movie can't, where you bury an idea. Also, I don't know if you know Stringer Bell was or, shot or, to death two days ago. A visual symbol, and then you pay it so off. Anyway, I, uh, at the culmination of story, and it means so much PC. more because it's come after eight hours of making, making all the fonts leading up to it. You know, when they talked about, if you heard in the, in the roll call in one of the early scenes where, where Mello is saying, stop throwing the beer cans on the roof, the helicopter is seeing them. You know, we got a memo from downtown, and everybody boos the bosses and says, you know, hell with it. He says, no, really, come on, stop throwing the beer cans up on the roof. However it ends, you're good police. So, you know, we knew where the beer cans were going in, in the last episode. It felt right. I'm fine with that. They're not really drinking anyway. They're not? There it goes. And this is our idea of a crane shot. Another <laughs> crane shot. It's great. Yeah. So, you know, we knew we knew that was coming. The long form allows that. You can't get that kind of um, resonance in an hour and a half or two or two and a half hours of film. Thank you. Thanks. I don't understand. It's true, and you wouldn't even have the time, right. let alone even if you wanted to have an elegant payoff. You don't have the time necessarily mm. to... You and me in public. But your wife... Wins, you know, Lance has given such an understated performance for three years of a guy learning to come to terms with his own ambitions. He's very modular. It's very, very smart actor. In the beginning, I thought he was coming in very small. You know, when I would watch him, he'd be so taut. But then I realized, I mean, the first time you see him smile was like six episodes in. And you realize he was really building a performance. He was really building this character beautifully. From out of nowhere, huh? Nowhere is right. Why me? I guess you don't live right. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, what was that? Nothing. What broke? Nothing, 
And this is McNulty, for whom a fever has now passed. Yeah. And you just drive he over He finally here. brought the case in, and... I did. He's not sure it means anything on, on any level We're in happy. terms of fixing the world. Or it, it's not... He hasn't made the I world any better, and he sort of knows that. Which is where I used to feel pretty good, I think. I wasn't so angry when I was there anyway. Or that the only person that was know, really feeding was himself, him, perhaps. Exactly. The triumph oh, of ego. Makes sense. Uh, He's not, you know, at least he, sort of the first step I is recognizing it in yourself. And we, heard it, we heard him admit it to himself the first More time when Kima was shot in season one. It's like everything I poured into a glass came out the bottom. And I just kept on pouring. It's like any addiction. Like the thing had a hole in it, you know? Things that make me right for this job, maybe they're the same things that make me wrong for everything else. What's that first step in a 12-step program? Do you want to come inside? Recognize you're powerless over your addiction? He's going to have trouble with step two, I think, with higher power. Step one, he seems to have been. It's not too late, I wouldn't mind meeting your kids. Now, remember this sequence? Yes, I do. We were all worried, weren't we? We didn't want anyone thinking we were saying the wrong thing. But at the same time, it just seemed like such a wonderful visual uh, compliment to the lovemaker. Everyone always says what the great body Lance has, so good for him. And, uh... Chad Coleman is cut. He doesn't get the girl, but he gets his own peace of mind and is a place for him to have some solace. <laughs> Major Coleman misled his officers. They thought that his initiative was a tactical deployment to entrap narcotics traffickers. There was the no real city council of chambers in Baltimore. Of the initiative to any superior officer. They were good enough for us use it. Weeks. All evidence of what he was doing managed to elude From the entire From a film standpoint, this is one of the few moments in the kidding, episode where we're take full you play it very, very wide and, indeed, and hit that full feeling. Yeah, that full dispassionate feeling of, of a dry hearing. I'm under the impression that this administration gave serious consideration to proceeding with Colvin's initiative. No, sir. Major Colvin informed you of his effort at a Comstat meeting more than a week ago. And of his course, here's the moment where... That's uh, my responsibility, Council. We needed Burrell the time cuts it with Carchetti by being a wall. For Royce, he won't let Carchetti through. Carchetti thought Correct. he had a deal. Mayor Royce was aware of the pending case and allowed us to delay our response accordingly. But the mayor was unequivocal in his opposition to what Major Colvin did. What we have here, I'm afraid, is nothing more complicated than a solitary police commander who, under great pressure, proved to be amoral. You're throw Colvin to the wolves, but they're gonna survive. Unfit for command. No. It's about more Marchetti, than at least, this is, is going to um, than who knew why exact some blood here. Or who falls on his sword, or whether someone- Now, this was really interesting to me, because- To make a political point or two. In my mind, writing this, what Carchetti offers is an impassioned and very eloquent political speech, but the content, the substance of what he's saying is the same crap that has been foisted on people for the last 30 years. 
he's basically saying, if we just fight this war a little tougher, a little more, a little more aggressive, put some more laws on the books, a few more cops, a few more prison cells, we can win the war on drugs. And while he is sincere and passionate, and people respond to that, he's offering nothing but the failure of the past. And if this disaster and he is demands anything also of throwing coal and overboard. It demands that we say enough. And enough because it was so impassioned, because I think Aiden played it so well, or are there were many, many viewers, especially on this push-in, when you push in, they felt like you imply truth, just as we were saying before, somebody's learned something. So here's this push-in because it's truly Carchetti's moment. He's, he's for the first moment, looking mayoral in the eyes of everybody around him. He is now viable candidate against Royce. And yet, he's doing it with uh, espousing the same failure of the past. And yet, people went with it. People thought, oh, uh, he's the great white hope. He's the guy who's going to come in and and fix this thing. I I thought it was fascinating. It was like, it was the power of television in a way. It's what creates televised... It, you know, it's it's why people win debates and lose debates, and it has nothing to do with, with the substance of the issue. I thought it really does suggest the power of the visual and how important that is to politics. As well as your debating skills and, and speech skills. Right. right. He is telegenic, and he is mayoral at that moment. It doesn't matter what he's saying. It was a good case. I'm not denying that. But I need to trust my people. Unless you can give your word, there's no way that I can... That's more than fair. Thanks. But it's better for me if I do something else. Detective. It's not you, it's me. But where are... Western, I think. Western feels like home. I've loved Dominic's performance. I think he's really uh, made McNulty into something wonderful and, and tragic and comic. You showed something today. Just felt like it needed to be said. And here's, here's like wire perversity for you. All year long, Unetta Perkins has just been an empty seat with a name tag. We finally see her at the end. She shows up for one hearing. We don't hear her, though, till next season. No. <laughs> she doesn't say anything until season four. She got past being a name tag. Crutchfield, too. He was just a phone call right. in the and, early days. And a, and a desk that uh, Rawls tore up. But now he's a real character. just want to note the Utz potato chips in, uh, in this scene. We in Baltimore do not... Uh, you know, what time you want to be there tomorrow, Coach? We don't play with ripples and... 3.30 Ruffles and... Ruffles and ripples. Lays. Lays. None of that. We're, none of that nonsense. Maybe Doritos if we're going for some sort of, like, Mexican theme. But, you know, day in, day out, it's the Utz potato chip. And it's the crab-flavored potato chip that leads the way. just want to say that. Utz of Hanover, Pennsylvania. The fuck y'all staying around for? You can buy them fresh in Cross Street Market. Get to work. Okay. Joe Chappelle gets credit for uh, 
finding the song for the end of the year montage. Van Morrison's Fast Train, done by uh, Solomon Burke, great Solomon Burke. We don't use music except in an ambient way, except for these last uh, and you know closing montages of every season. Oh, you've been on the fast train, and it's going off the rail. And it was tough because we're covering so much terrain to find a song that's thematic yet not thematic that complements. Right. right. I hate it when somebody purposely tries to have the lyrics match the visual. It brutalizes the visual in a way to have the lyrics dead on point. There's some TV producers and, and even some film people that do that. And yet at the same time, it can't be totally off point. It has to glance at what you're trying to say lyrically. There goes the tie. Is that a police thing, or is that very specific to Baltimore homicide? I just know they did it in homicide in Baltimore. You know, I fell asleep on the couch many at <laughs> night and woke up to have my tie cut. They would also stand over you um, when you fell asleep on the couch, and they would put their thumbs, thank God it was just their thumbs, through their zippers, <laughs> and they would pose for pictures as if, they, as if you were filleting them. I have a collection of those from the number of times I fall asleep. That was a little glance at uh, season two and um, a poster of uh, Frank Sabatka. Yeah. And the neighborhoods go back to what they were. Amsterdam is done. No more truce. Everyone has to fend for themselves. And there's no safe real estate on West Baltimore. Can you keep on moving? We use this case board a lot too, which is a way of not forgetting some of the people who've been in the wire over the right. seasons. Absolutely. Good visual device. This is not Dominic West <laughs> doing uh, twirling his nightstick. He tried to learn. He got okay at it, but you know, a pro is a pro. We had to we had to import a real Baltimore City police officer for that insert shot. This was an agonizing moment for Trayvon. He was truly alone now. He had always preached family. And yet, uh, like everything else, it, you know, family was sacrificed to the institution. Chris to look at the changing of the guard. First time they've actually seen each other. 
that eye. Wood does, does this beautifully. He does. He really looks defeated. Herbert D. Rod Johnson, a.k.a. Putin, Arthur Carroll. What do you see right here? The bulk metal, 10 cent a pound. Mm. And here's that little bit of humanity that you just can't crush out that will survive. No problem. Absolutely. And it is, in a sense, it's the only thank you that a guy like Colvin ever gets for trying to tell the truth, which is... A guy like Bubbles coming up and saying, <laughs> for one brief shining moment, you know, even the dope fiends got to be treated a little bit more human. An accommodation was made in our illness, an accommodation was made with the fact that we were here, the city tried to coexist with the actual, with the inevitable, for a moment. And then... Uh, it's back to the war. You know, but before, yeah. the Dauphine come down And the war is just attrition. It's not a war that's ever going to be Ain't won or, or is ever going to get any better. Nobody ever got off drugs because somebody was hitting them over the head with a stick. It's a good thing, huh? You get off of drugs because of what's within you, what you're telling yourself and what you're ready to tell yourself. I'm just saying. And those things have nothing to do you with law enforcement. And if you go to any NA meeting or AA meeting anywhere in this country, you're going to hear stories about people assessing themselves, coming to terms with themselves, and, and fighting their own demons. And it's, it's not about what the cop on the corner says. And that's the great tragedy. It's also this, this moment here, you feel the city as a character very strongly. Yeah, yeah. Baltimore. This episode was directed by Ernest Dickerson, who has uh, directed several episodes for The Wire. He did a fabulous job, and everyone loves working with him. And the editor was Tom Zimney, who, again, has been with the show for all the seasons to date. And one of our lead editors did a beautiful job especially since it was a long episode. Very much so. With the montage at the end, especially the cutting in the montage, it's really been Tom's forte. And Ernest, again, I think with this year, with two more episodes this year, I think he's become our, our go-to guy at this point. He's really uh, got the sense of the show. Anyway, thanks for listening. I'm David Simon and... Karen Thorson. And we are Producers on the Wire, which is a show on HBO. Not The Sopranos, not Six Feet Under, not Deadwood. It's the other show. But we're on HBO, we swear. You should buy these DVDs. They make great presents, though. People love getting them. Absolutely. They really do. And on a snowy day, you put a bunch of them in your truck, they'll wait, they'll wait down the back tires, they will. <laughs>